I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next interview is with Anne Shin. Her new film is premiering at Hot Docs this week called My Enemy, My Brother. We had a great time. We had a great chat about this film. We talked about a little bit of everything. Uh, this is a film about story. It's a film about finding a new narrative. It's about the little things. It's about incremental change and about serendipity and about you know choice and freedom and responsibility. Certainly a theme that seems to be coming up with a lot of documentarians and filmmakers these days. But we talk about change and, and, and how to how to step into somebody else's life, uh, if that makes any sense at all, and, and, and empathy and, 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 and finding uh, similarity through difference. And I think you're going to love this film. I think you're going to enjoy the interview. Uh, you're, you're certainly going to fall in love with Anne, and, and you're going to want to see her other work. And she's actually uh, also going to be uh, involved in a poetry reading coming up on May the 14th at the Aga Khan Museum here in the city in Toronto. So please do stay tuned. And how Sarah serendipitous that you're even listening to this interview here, uh, this podcast today. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my own, uh, my bright, bright writing, my uh, more podcasts there. Of course, we're coming up on 300. And if you want to support what I do, uh, you can do that through patreon.com. And don't forget to rabble.ca for more information about some of the other interviews I do, but also a whole lot of other material there for you to uh, sift through. My enemy, my brother, coming right up with Anshin. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by another very special guest today, another Hot Docs guest uh, with us today. I think our third director here, very excited to be talking about her new film, uh, My Enemy, My Brother. Anshin is joining us here today, direct from Toronto. Uh, Anne, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, David. It's great to be here. So, so you're in the middle of it. Hot Docs has uh, begun. Your film is screening tonight. You must be pretty excited, and you just told me the film is sold out. Rush only. Yes, rush tickets only. We're nervous. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited. And Neja and Zahid are here, which is wonderful to to see them here in Toronto. And and uh, 
it, it, yeah, they'll be speaking and taking questions after the screening. Wow, that's pretty cool. And having uh, mm-hmm. just recently seen the film, that just that actually gave me gave me some goosebumps when you mentioned mm-hmm. that. That's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. So you're going to be sharing the stage with them and the Q and A afterwards. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Fantastic. So, so why don't we t- talk a little bit about the film? Why don't you give us a, I don't know, the quick snapshot of, of what it's about or a rundown, mm-hmm. whatever you like, and then I've got mm-hmm. lots of questions for you, and then we can Great. dive right into it. Great. So, My Enemy, My Brother is the story of two former enemies. They were soldiers in the Iran-Iraq war. Najah was Iraqi, and Zahed was an Iranian child soldier, only 13 when the Iran-Iraq war broke out, and they were on either side. Um, and in the Battle of Khoramshir, Zahed ended up going through, the Iranian forces were reclaiming Khoramshir from Iraqi forces, and Najah's unit got bombed. He was injured in a bunker. Most of his colleagues had died, and they were the corpses were strewn around him. And Zahed was going through the bunkers and happened to find him still alive. And he saw, he, he went through his pockets, he saw a Quran and saw a photo of this man's young wife and baby. Hmm. And when he saw this photo, he couldn't bring himself to kill him. And in that moment, he just made this decision. He said he, I, he, he couldn't kill him. So what he had to do instead was to try and keep him alive. He was critically injured and he couldn't take him back to the military barracks or the hospital because then his this act would, which is seen as traitorous, would have been, been yeah, would have been kind of yeah. treason, treason almost in a way, right? Totally, yeah, would have been revealed. So he hid Najah for three days, brought medical supplies, and kept him alive until finally Iranian forces won the battle and a truce was declared, and then prisoners were taken. And um, that so that that's the genesis of, of the moment of the, you know where they met. But then their story goes on miraculously. Mm. Twenty five years later, they meet again. This time in Canada, neither knew what happened to the other, nor whether they were alive or not. Both had been prisoners of war on either side of the war. They meet in a in a waiting room in Canada, know, it's just, and that it's just crazy insane. chance meeting sets off a whole yeah. other series of events that ends up taking them to Iraq and Turkey. We were filming in, in there, you know, in all these countries as well as Jordan as we followed them on their journey looking for missing loved ones. What I what I love about your film and congratulations by the way. I think it's Oh thank you. Yeah, and and just so everyone knows, um, it's uh, my uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's my enemy my brother dot com. That's right. Is That's the, the website. Is yeah. the website. You'll find out some yeah. of the awards that uh, mm-hmm. you guys have already won and a little bit more about the film itself. So, I mean, what I love about this film and I think what I love about documentary and, and, and just, to, you know what I think it is? I think I love about story in particular is this this film is really not about anything in particular. It's kind of about, about everything <laughs> that, mm, that makes yeah. us human, right? Yeah. Friendship and relationship and family. I mean, there's just so many wonderful quotes in it and lines from both of these these yeah. these very passionate men um, who are clearly fighting for something else and something other. And I think it's really yeah. remarkable. And it's, it's about human rights and it's about peace. Yeah. And so it's just, I love the interconnected nature of it all. It's, it's really yeah. quite remarkable. Yeah, we... I, I've been filming with these guys for, you know, four and a half wow. years. Okay. And I didn't know what would happen next. Um, right. And Najah was searching for his wife and son. And, 
it's true. There are these many twists and turns, and we're just following him like a. It just it's a process documentary. We're just following him every day. Um, it's it's an everyday man finding himself in extraordinary situations, you know. And um, at one point, he's in Iraq, and he's just um, he's just come back from an orphanage where he's trying to look the records of his missing son. And he says, I, I really don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know. Am I mm. doing what's right? Am mm. I doing what's right or wrong? And then his sister-in-law brings a plate of oranges to him. He says, well, should I eat the orange or smoke a cigarette? <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of really, you know, badly bumbling up the, 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 the dialogue here. But it, it was just a Shakespearean moment, you know, to be or not to be. It, it, right. it just got to that point where I really don't know if, anything I do makes sense anymore. Right, and, right. and you know, we all find ourselves sometimes at that crossroads. And with Majet, it was in extreme relief because mm. he was in a, you know, conflict zone in Iraq looking for missing son and, and wife. And, and um, he was faced with that dilemma. You know, it's so ironic near the beginning of the film, Najed. Is, is it Najed? Is that the proper name? Najed. Najed, thank you. Najed says, you know, when talking about how young he and I guess they were, I suppose, really referring to Iraqi uh, young men and, and, and Iranian young men and, and some women, I would imagine. But you have no choice. Yeah. And yet, really, this whole film is about choice. Like to me, it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's the, yeah. the, the choice that the, yeah. and, and you know, and I, yeah. I was trying to think of what was the moment, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all about the little things making a big difference yeah. and incremental change and, and so on. What was the moment that, that, that enabled either of these men to make the decisions they made in, you know, such a, a crazy situation? Yeah. So, and, and Zahed said, as at one point he says, I think this is the direct quote by his photo. I decided to save his family. Yes, exactly. Like this, it's just, you know, in that, in, and bombs were probably dropping and the smell of the gunfire. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. why, why that, why that decision and, and not mm-hmm. another, you know, exactly. and that always yeah. kind of fascinates me because yeah. there could have been another bunker just a kilometer away where a different decision was being made. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's I really like the way you put it. There's so many points in which just, you know, their their decision is what changed the course of both their lives. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, there are many things they couldn't decide. They couldn't have, they had no, uh, they had no um, agency about whether or not the war was going to happen. Right. They were conscripted. They had to go. This is happening. But, yeah. But then within that, uh, within those confines, the, the decisions that Zahid undertook in terms of, you know, risking, risking his own life to save an enemy was a decision he made that had profound implications mm-hmm. and really is such a inspiring story for all of us to kind of learn by learn from. There are other moments too. I mean, when Zahed was depressed and suicidal in Vancouver, having arrived there as a refugee, his uh, roommate said, "You should go to VAST, Vancouver Association for Survivors of Torture. They help people like you. You need to go talk to them." Zahed could have decided not to have gone there, right, but he, right, exactly. he, he agreed. He said, yeah, go, and yeah, it's good. guess who's in the waiting room <laughs> when he's there? It, you know, so many, uh, yeah. It was just well, and, another, there, and there's another thing your film is really about, isn't it? It's about serendipity. It's about, yes. it's about those beautiful moments that, uh, you know, I was giving a eulogy, and I've done very few of those in my life at a friend's funeral recently, and, and tried mm. to talk a little bit about that, 
you know, that Lance will go on to remind me that we all need to pay attention and be present just a little bit longer. And I mean, isn't that kind of what this film is about too? You know, this, this, I mean, it's this beautiful road memory about be coming, coming back home in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I see them as the lost boys mm. of the war in the way that many, many young men's innocence is lost in war, yeah. or young men and women. And, um, and it, it was made more dramatic because they had to travel back to an area of the world, but still in conflict. That's it. Like, you know, Iraq has been a conflict zone for three decades. Yes. Yeah. And what I think, you know, I've always thought that Iraq is in the Middle East has been an area of turmoil, but I did not realize until I started researching and doing this film that, you know, until the early eighties, Basra, for instance, in Iraq was considered the Venice of Middle East. Mm. It had palm trees and beaches People flew there to take their vacations. It was a gorgeous place. And Basra and the rest of Iraq has been in ruins, mm. and there's no infrastructure because of the ongoing conflict. Well, there's, you know? a, great, there's a great moment, and clearly it was quite intentional on your part, but part where I think Naja walks out, uh, they're walking through the street, they're looking for sort of the area where he used to live, where he met his mm-hmm. wife, and so on, and he says, these roads used to be paved. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just such a simple thing. Yeah. Um, you know, from an infrastructural perspective, but huge sure. implications. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, <laughs> there's so many places we could go with this. So I'm, I'm really, I really am kind of intrigued how you landed on this story. Mm-hmm. Was it an article? Uh, was it, was it a photo? <laughs> I know. Eh? Um, we get that photo. It's, it's interesting whether that photo, I mean, it's, that's another point. If there wasn't a photo, would Zahed have stopped and saved this fellow? Right. Um, I, I think he would have. Right. But that yeah. photo yeah, you're probably right. just made it almost like impossible for him to proceed and kill this man once he saw that photo of, you know, the loved ones that he had waiting for him. And I think I mean, that's something that Zahed and Najah have said also afterwards. It's just, you know, really stop and take a think about, like, who you think is your enemy because in another context they could be your friend and, right. and the, the the journey of their lives is just is just emblematic of that well, yeah. I, yeah, no, I think that's a brilliant way to say it, and it, that's that's absolutely another subtext to the film to me is 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 context. I mean, isn't mm-hmm. context everything to some degree? And what does Nazareth say? He says right right away right away he changed into a human. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so as if he wasn't human before. No, he right? was the enemy. He was the enemy. They, before. they, they were yeah. both demonizing one another. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I think what's really quite lovely too and important about this film. I mean, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful film. It's so well crafted, but, um, you're helping, I think, to retell, retell, wrong, wrong way to put it, but tell in a new way the, this Middle Eastern narrative, mm-hmm. especially in, in our context, you mm-hmm. know, and especially, too, today with so many mm-hmm. Syrian newcomers coming to, to, mm-hmm. to Canada, and there's a, such mm-hmm. a deep potential, a troubling yeah. potential for, for misunderstanding and for yes. things being taken out of context and demonizing sure. the other and so on. And and I think that's what's uh, you know there's a there's another beautiful sort of takeaway for me. I'm glad that you saw that because you know we're 
we're in a world where Islamophobia has been rising in so many countries. Is the president of America <laughs> the travel ban on people traveling from Muslim, certain Muslim majority countries? It's, it's you know, I laugh and also cry at yeah. the situation. But um, yes, this, this story helps you see like two Muslim men who are ordinary individuals who were in you know extraordinarily like horrific circumstances during the war, and yet they they acted with such bravery, right. such fundamental decency and humanity that it just, you know, if that doesn't make you stop and think about how you see others or who you think might right. be the enemy, right. then, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I Well, okay, know so is this crazy? Can we go here? So let's just Let's just sort of go really idealistic and, 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 and crazy. What what if this film had been shown at the White House? <laughs> back I in, hope it does get shown at the White House. Back in <laughs> back in the eighties, right? Oh right. Right? A film like yeah. this, because here you're showing these families. The, I mean what what did the government employees say to him? Something to the effect of, Oh, you know, many others have lost their children and then found them, you know. Yeah. Heartbreaking yeah. on one level, but yeah. also kind of leveling the playing field. Yeah. Right, we're all in yeah. this together. This this could happen to anyone. Look at the love these guys have for each other. This is yeah. this is not about some sort of Middle Eastern, um, um, I don't know, terrorist conflict that the the Bush mm-hmm. family is going to address. Mm-hmm. Right? These I are know. these are real human beings. Right? What? How? How would this have changed Donald Rumsfeld's uh, Donald yeah. Rumsfeld's Middle Eastern narrative? Right? Yes, for sure. Is that too or, idealistic? Is that or, too idealistic? You know, the- the former Bush yes. and the, the, you know his son, the second president, Bush president, or you know Madeleine Albright and Colin Powell, or it's just all America was involved in two Gulf Wars and in the Kuwait and Kuwait War, and so not only was America involved, there was UK involvement and French involvement, and obviously Russia was involved as well. There's so much foreign interest in in mm-hmm. in fomenting or keeping instability in the Middle East that I don't think and I don't know how many of us realize that and it would have been great if this was shown to the White House in the 80s I, I wonder now though if, if it was shown to the Trump if it would do anything. If, well, this is a really... Would well, I would love to hear this from you. You know, you're a poet, you're a writer, you've, you've been write, uh, directing film, storyteller. Are you making these movies to change the way people see the world? Uh, or are you making them to ch- change the way a particular type of person sees the world? I'm not sure that's a clear question. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is... Because I get frustrated. I love this kind of filmmaking. I, show me more. I love to have conversations about it. Let's dig deeper. Um, but are you preaching to the converted, do you think? Or do you think that this has the ability to break through? Uh, I think that I'm always, first of all, I, I, I do, I follow stories that move me first mm, or that I mm, feel compelled to do for right. whatever reason. And part of that compulsion might be just a deeply personal thing, or another part of the compulsion might be about what I hear and sense around me, the right. views that people have or what's being said, and how how strongly do I feel uh, about those views and such. And so there's a bit of both with this film. 
I think fundamentally it's just the characters and the people. Najah right, and Zahid right. both are so compelling as individuals and, and how they've behaved, how they've been with one another that on a personal level, I was so um, drawn to them and their stories uh, that, you know, I, I stuck it out for five years. And <laughs> hey, you, you, it's a serious you don't commitment. always do that. You know, yep. It's got to be really a story that hits you strongly for you to stay with it that long. Um, yeah, but in terms of, um, there is another project I'm working on where I'm hoping it will kind of duck in uh, and under the radar with people and have them change their views. I think with each, a lot of the films I love to do have to do with something controversial Mm. and to try and help people see things in a new light. Sure. And I am working on something about counterterrorism and intelligence, and I'm hoping that that can um, help change the way people think about the war on terror or, you know, well, and I think too, isn't it, isn't story too about the cumulative effect over time? So mm-hmm. we see this story, then we read something else, then we read another report that's maybe a little mm-hmm. more, I don't know, human centered, I suppose you could mm-hmm. say, rather than just, you know, kind of, um, 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 I don't know, mm-hmm. West, Western centric, maybe is, is, that, yeah. is, is that even a phrase? But, mm-hmm. but I guess my point is that over time, these, these parables, these stories, these ways of seeing do, do have, a, have an, an impact, or at least we got to hope, we got to hope, don't mm-hmm. we? For sure. Yeah. I think for most of us, like we have a, such a lack of, uh, in the Western world of the images and sense of everyday life in countries like Iraq or Iran, um, that any, you know, more stories that will help you build and flesh out those pictures will help you see how they're just like you and we're just like them. And the geopolitical situation is is unfortunate. And perhaps, you know, if enough of us are aware and, and keep keep demanding change, things will change for the better, you know, will help improve the the situation of the lives of many of these people. I, uh, the, the opening of the film when Naja is talking about his family and, and looking for his, his wife and his daughter, and, or at least we, we, we get a sense that he's going to be looking for them. He, he says there's a line that just really knocked my socks off. And, and I think he said it in English. I can't remember now if it was the translation or not. But he said, um, uh, the invisible letters in, in, in the mm. heart that connect. Yeah, and I just yeah. went Persian poet, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's immediately where it, you know. But it was mm-hmm. just so beautiful, so romantic, so mm-hmm. heartbreaking in a sense. And at yeah. that, you know, at that point in the film, I didn't really know where we were going, uh, or mm-hmm. where the, how this. I hadn't really read a lot about it, so I didn't have any preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. But it's just so. Um, um, hmm. I mean, again, a, a, a different story. This mm-hmm. that you're a different a different narrative, I guess. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. you know we're 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 about to step into a whole new Middle Eastern context. It seems to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you you spent on that. A lot of what he says is is poetic. And <laughs> it really is. is. Yeah, it is. And I think that it also points to the richness of the culture. Right. That yeah. Are, yeah. The legacy good. for Zahed and Najah, the Iraqi and Iranian. Um, cultures, but also the, the common cultures that go back to thousands of years, upon which a lot of like English literature draws on as well. So I yeah, thought I thought moments of beauty. 
I thought mm -hmm. the, that you, you could have called, I don't know if you, I'm sure you will, if you've worked with the project this long, uh, you, you know your film, but I, I would have, um, I just kind of smiled. There was a phrase, and I think it was, um, uh, I think it was Zahid, uh, Zahid that said it, uh, under, under the same roof uh, and, and without any guns. You know, yeah, thir 35, exactly. 35 years later, here we are. Yeah. How could this have ever happened, basically? And yeah, talk about yeah. that whole, how important it is, the decisions we make, the choices we make. But I just thought it was beautiful, the phrase, under the same roof. Wow, that would have been a great name for the film. You know? Actually, that would have been, without any guns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because aren't we all under the same roof, for crying out loud? Yeah, wonderful point. Um, he never expected to step foot again yeah. in Iraq. Because the last time he was there, he was so traumatized, and it was war. And uh, for him to go back with a passport mm. and to be received mm. by these Iraqi men in uniform who just say, come on in, yeah. is yeah. just astonishing. And it was there, that in itself was nerve-wracking for him because he went to help Najaf. And, you know, every time he saw a soldier, in fact, one of the militias that we were in contact with, that we filmed with in their building, they had they had um, old uniforms that they were wearing. So the wow. militia, it was a, a volunteer group of men banding together in southern Iraq and Basra to help fight against ISIS in the north, in hmm. Tikrit. And so a lot of these militias form in Basra, and it's like PTAs. They're just, every, you know... Every other corner, right. men are offering to go and fight for their people. And the the but, PTA you know. going out to fight is kind of a <laughs> funny image, yeah. Yeah, it's just that regular. But it was, um, this group happened to be using old uniforms right. that were the old Saddam Hussein uniforms. And Zahid just had this incredible flashback. But then the soldier he was speaking to was just saying, you know, we, you know, we are, we are friends. And that what happened between the regimes was, the, on the instigation of the leaders, it wasn't us, and it was just moving to see that. But it was also even, you know, more moving for Zahed to, to be, you know, received and hugged by Najah's sister, who had never ever, you know, hugged or shook hands with an Iranian. Right. Um, and then for them to be on the battlefield together, they were at the border of Iran and Iraq. They went there, and it used to be a, a, a lush, verdant jungle mm. with palm trees, mm. and it was a barren desert, yeah. a wasteland yeah. because well, of does, that war. Doesn't, doesn't he say, I'm just seeing if I've got it in my notes, but something, something along the lines of um, e everything was destroyed, and then you, yes. cu you cut to a shot that's pr a small town of some kind that's still there, but it's surrounded by, by desert, gone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, everything was successful. Well, to what? Uh, what was the? Yeah, right. Iraq is the country of the dead. Was the line? Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, was Naja. Yeah. He. There's so like over a million people have gone missing because of three decades of conflict. Well, and you know, so, there's a there's something there too that, and I forget who it was, but but it was talked about the war after the war. And, mm -hmm. and the implications of all this, the people yeah. that have gone missing, the families, the lives, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the repercussions go on, the post-traumatic stress, the, the transgenerational mm -hmm. trauma. I mean, mm -hmm. what are some of the other things we need to be talking about and questions we need to be asking? Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, why is that ongoing conflict in, in that area mm. of the world? And, you know... When is involvement justified? In what manner? Right, right. And when, when should there not be any involvement? And it's, it's 
it's really you know complicated. Well, this and is I where don't... where I be, I get a little crazily, uh, as my friends will tell you, and probably my podcast listeners, uh, uh, idealistic, and say, okay, let's get not not just I mean, the fingers pointing at me, pointing at everyone. It's about it's about cross contextual uh, uh, awareness. It's about uh, cross cultural awareness. It's about uh, uh, seeing ourselves and others and, and 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 similarity through difference. So I'm not pointing the finger necessarily at any current administration, you know. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. let's let's try to get some of those folks in the room. And, and, and seeing these different narratives and saying, mm-hmm. hang on mm-hmm. a second, there is a different way to see the world. Mm-hmm. Now, how is mm-hmm. that going to impact the decision that you're going to make? There is a war after the war, guys. Can, mm-hmm. we, can we at least get for that sure. on the table and talk about that before we pull the trigger for crying out loud? Sure. I don't know. Is, it, is that like I just go and I think a lot of us say, how hard can it be? <laughs> right? yeah. And now we yeah. find ourselves in the middle of this North Korean mess and, and where is that actually going to lead? Is this just all rhetoric and nonsense? But uh, I um, know. yeah, exactly. Uh, I love the way you end the film with 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 father and son, and yeah. and and wandering around and and this and I hope I'm not tipping uh, your hat or my hat. I'm not even sure if I'm using the phrase right. But dad asks the son, "So what was good about your day?" And yeah. the little boy says, "Everything." Yeah. What a beautiful way to just sort of come full circle from, you know, invisible letters in my heart. It's just, um, and what a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It was, I I hope we can do a part two, uh, maybe. Yeah. um, Well, hopefully there'll be a reason for a part two for sure. I, I really enjoyed this and, um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Well, we've been we've been listening to uh, a, a conversation with Ann Shin today. She's the director of My Enemy, My Brother. It is playing tonight, uh, which is not going to be all that relevant for most of you listening uh, at Hot Docs, but it is playing. Uh, is there going to be a theatrical release? Do you know, Ann? There will be a theatrical release later in Canada, and we've nice. also submitted it to Vancouver International Festival. Good it's for you. It's also playing Monday at 4 nice. p.m. Okay. and Saturday at 6, next Saturday Excellent. also. And you're doing uh, a reading, a poetry reading, I believe, at the Aga Khan in May the 9th. Is that in, is that in Toronto? May, or May 14th. Aga? May 14th. Yes. Is that in yes. Toronto or, or in, um, in Ottawa? It's in Toronto, in Toronto. and it's um, Writers for Rights. It's a Excellent. reading reading with a bunch of other writers, uh, headed up by Frazana Doctor. Very cool. The film mm-hmm. is My Enemy, My Brother, and you can find out more about it at myenemymybrothermovie.com. And thanks again for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a nice Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.